0: Today on the Ward Preacher Podcast, Moroni is not dead yet. Ordinances and attending church. I'm Brett Jensen and this is the Ward Preacher Podcast. Alright, our Come Follow Me curriculum brings us to Moroni chapters 1 through 6, nearing the end of the Book of Mormon. Just a few more uh, Come Follow Me lessons left in the year, um, but there's some good stuff here at the end. Moroni opens uh, the the his own book with a, a series of short chapters, the first of which um, is essentially... Uh, just explaining his reasoning for doing so. Let's go ahead and read this. This is Moroni chapter 1. Now I, Moroni, after having made an end of abridging the account of the people of Jared, I had supposed not to have written more, but I have not as yet perished. And I make not myself known to the Lamanites, lest they should destroy me. For behold, their wars are exceedingly fierce among themselves, And because of their hatred, they put to death every Nephite that will not deny the Christ. And I, Moroni, will not deny the Christ. Wherefore I wander whithersoever I can for the safety of mine own life. Wherefore I write a few more things contrary to that which I had supposed. For I had supposed not to have written any more, but I write a few more things that perhaps they may be of worth unto my brethren the Lamanites in some future day, according to the will of the Lord. Okay, so um, kind of a simple thing. He's, he's just not dead yet. He sort of thought that might be the case. His life is certainly in danger, but uh, he's still got some time and nothing else better to do. And even though he's alone and there's really no one else to see this, he's still thinking, what can I do to make the kingdom of God better? What can I do to build up other people? This is a very good example. All right. Uh, As we continue reading, uh in the in the book of moroni he begins to talk about some ordinances there's a series of ordinances chapters 2 through 5 um now some readings of the new testament suggest that ordinances or any kind of outward performances to any degree should be done away because of christ um and there can be no doubt that christ did change Well, everything. And the alterations in religious devotions were not only appropriate, but inevitable with the coming of Jesus. But ordinances are still a fundamental part of Christianity. Jesus personally commanded his apostles, after he was resurrected and came to them, to preach repentance and baptism. The Apostle Paul, even, you know, after some of the other apostles had kind of been cycled or or killed or uh, suffered greatly because of apostasy, the Apostle Paul uh, went on missionary journeys, and he came across a people um, near the upper coasts of Ephesus who had not uh, received the Holy Ghost. In fact, they had not even known that there was any Holy Ghost and even though they claim to have been baptized, he rebaptized them and gave the gift of the Holy Ghost in Acts 19. Um, Jesus also, in his mortal ministry, personally defended and reverenced the temple, which is essentially a house of ordinance. The Apostle Paul afterwards also worshipped there. In fact, it was accusations about uh, things that he did not do in his temple worship that led to his imprisonment and subsequent uh, journey to Rome. Um, That having been said, he still reverenced the temple. It was still a vital place for Christians uh, to, to worship. Now, Moroni adds to the Book of Mormon several short chapters that describe instructions for some of the ordinances and worship that was instituted after Christ had come. And this is important because this shows that the the New Testament accounts where it talks about, you know, by faith ye are saved are important, but that ordinances are not gone, even after Christ came. In chapter 2 of Moroni, the gift of the Holy Ghost um, is commanded to be given. This ordinance allows a person to receive the Holy Ghost, not just to receive guidance from the Holy Ghost, but receive a constant companionship, um, to be able to receive more uh, frequent and constant guidance in various things, so long as the person who has this gift remains worthy of it. In the New Testament, um, uh, people who received the Holy Ghost—if we go back to that Acts nineteen example, where Paul baptized and then gave the gift of the Holy Ghost to to certain disciples—it uh, it, we we can notice that it increased the access of the people who received these gifts to other gifts of the Spirit, including the power to communicate in tongues and to prophesy, and many other spiritual gifts. The Holy Ghost is important in decisions for New Testament missionary work and church policy. They used guidance from the Holy Ghost to make a lot of decisions about where to go, who should be companions, Uh, what they should say when they get to where they're going. Uh, The Holy Ghost was vital in in these efforts. And uh, in New Testament times, the Holy Ghost was also important as apostasy started to spread. It helped many of the members who still were trying to keep the faith uh, spread across different areas to recognize truth. Ultimately, the great apostasy did take root and that kind of went away, but before then, it helped people uh, to to be able to recognize what was right. As long as there were apostles to help spread the truth. Um, as we continue in the Book of Moroni, in Chapter Three, uh, there's some instruction given about the ordination of priests and teachers. And this is kind of important. The authority to act in the name of God is not something that you can just claim. Um, And there's an example of this, a great example, in the New Testament, in the book of Acts. There were seven sons of one Sceva who uh, adjured an evil spirit in the name of Jesus who Paul preached. And the evil spirit said, Jesus we know and Paul we know, but who are ye? and proceeded to beat the ever-loving crap out of the seven sons of Sceva. And it was kind of a sign. that This isn't just something you can say, oh, you know, I, I feel called to the priesthood. There has to be some sort of way that a person receives authority. Paul wrote the same thing in the New Testament, that no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that was called of God, as was Aaron. Uh, describing the authority of the priesthood in the book of Hebrews. Um, Now, one thing that is of interest, the ordination prayer that is given in Moroni chapter 3 is different than what we use today in the Church of Jesus Christ. For example, today, A person who is ordaining a new priest or a teacher declares the authority by which this ordinance is performed, and they also pronounce blessings as directed by the Holy Ghost. Now, that does not mean that uh, a person who uh, has a newer ordinance no longer has any responsibility to focus on teaching or ordinance work other than uh, repentance and remission of sins through Jesus Christ by the endurance of faith on his name to the end, which was explicitly in the prayer given in Moroni three. That doesn't mean, oh, now we don't do that. We still do. And I think this is important because when ordinances change, it doesn't necessarily undo what was prescribed earlier. Changes can occur for a number of reasons, but it is always at the direction of Jesus Christ who changes them to begin with. It's inspiration from the Lord that causes these changes, and it may be to emphasize something different, or it may be for convenience, uh, or to facilitate uh, certain needs of individuals, uh, to be sensitive to certain concerns. And people have recognized these changes uh, in various ordinances, whether in the temple or elsewhere, um, ordinances are able to be changed by the authority of uh, Jesus Christ through his apostles and prophets. Um, and this the stuff that was done before still counts. It still counts, Um, and that's important. All right, in chapters 4 and 5, Moroni talks about the sacrament. And this, unlike the priesthood ordination, um, the prayers found in Moroni chapters 4 and 5 are nearly identical to what we use now. In an ordinance focused on remembrance being based on the Last Supper before Jesus was betrayed and ultimately crucified, it is appropriate for this ordinance to maintain a high degree of uniformity. The Acts themselves breaking the bread, kneeling, and offering a prayer for those who would need to remember Christ, who would need to have his Spirit. They've maintained this same simplicity over many years and over a wide range of places. The person who receives this ordinance manifests their willingness to keep all of Christ's commandments, to separate from whatever identities or impulses might divide them from Jesus, and instead take upon themselves the name of Christ, and to always remember him, not just compartmentalize their faith for convenient times. The other side of this covenant, what God promises the recipient, is to have his spirit. In other words, to have God, the spirit of God, God who has the power to forgive sins. And have him purified the penitent of their sins." In other words, repeating the cleansing effect of their baptism. A person who receives this ordinance can improve its efficacy if they remember that the priest who breaks and blesses uh, the bread or blesses the water represents Jesus Christ on that last night knowing that he was going not only to his death, but to suffer a burden no normal man could bear. And he wanted his disciples to have this bread and water to remember him. The deacon who offers the tray represents Jesus as well, as he said, This is my body, which is given for you, this do." In remembrance of me, and drink. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, which is shed for you. A person who takes the bread and water is swearing a covenant with Jesus Christ, not having a light snack. Have faith that the Holy Spirit will come to the truly penitent and forgive their sins. All right. Let's talk about attending church. As the book of Moroni continues, he ends this section in, in Moroni 6 talking about the practice of, uh, of people attending meetings. After they were baptized, then what? Or how people were joined into baptism. So let's start with joining. Um, Here's a little reading Moroni chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. And now I speak concerning baptism. Behold, elders, priests, and teachers were baptized, and they were not baptized, save they brought forth fruit meet that they were worthy of it. Neither did they receive any unto baptism, save they came forth with a broken heart and a contrite spirit, and witnessed unto the church that they truly repented of all their sins. And none were received unto baptism, save they took upon them the name of Christ, having a determination to serve him to the end." And after they had been received unto baptism, and were wrought upon and cleansed by the power of the Holy Ghost, they were numbered among the people of the Church of Christ, and their names were taken that they might be remembered and nourished by the good word of God, to keep them in the right way, to keep them continually watchful unto prayer, relying alone upon the merits of Christ." who was the author and the finisher of their faith. Now, this is important because frequently we look at the church sign that says visitors welcome, and we think, yeah, we're welcoming of all sorts of diverse uh, positions, and to some degree this is true. We certainly want people from from diverse backgrounds to come. It is the entire point of the commandment to preach the gospel to all the earth, but there are standards. The church is bound to the laws of our God, Jesus Christ, and a person should be willing to commit to him to be a part of his church, and, uh, and that includes a variety of different things. Specifically in these verses, they talk about uh, demonstrating repentance and living the gospel. And uh, additionally, it includes responsibilities to serve and sustain others, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, President Hinckley uh, famously indicated that every new member, when they come into the church, they need some help to do this. They need a friend, a job, and to be nourished by the good word of God. I suggest that non-new members, old members, need all these same things. People have a tendency to fall into old habits or to be swayed by the world from time to time. Having lots of reminders in a variety of forms, be it ordinances, music, speaking, service to others, or other forms, it is important to help people, to help one another, truly take upon them the name of Christ. And living the gospel is the root of these standards. Moroni continues in verses 7 and 8, And they were strict to observe that there should be no iniquity among them, and whoso was found to commit iniquity, and three witnesses of the church to condemn them before the elders, and if they repented not and confessed not, their names were blotted out, and they were not numbered among the people of Christ. But as oft as they repented and sought forgiveness with real intent, they were forgiven. So, this is really important. A person who is constantly finding fault with others, murmuring uh, about the counsel of prophets and apostles, complaining about policy, propping themselves up, or otherwise being involved in iniquity, this is not something that the church can accept, even though we have a desire to spread the gospel to everyone well there's no discipline that can be given by the church beyond disfellowship or excommunication it is important to remember that christ's church is not obligated to bow to complainers or activists something as severe as traitors or something as simple as mild reformers its obligation is to jesus christ to adopt his standards and to do what he says. This must always be first. And every member should be eager in ensuring they are doing their part to follow our God, Jesus Christ. Now, we should be thinking about ways to help one another in this process. This isn't just about kicking people out who aren't doing this. We should be actively trying to, to be better at it ourselves. So we mentioned before, everyone needs help doing this. Uh, Moroni writes in verse 9, And their meetings were conducted by the church after the manner of the workings of the Spirit, and by the power of the Holy Ghost. For as the power of the Holy Ghost led them, whether to preach, or to exhort, or to pray, or to supplicate, or to sing, even so it was done. While this certainly includes ministering and missionary efforts, every member should consider the gifts that they have been given, and what strengths they have that will build up those around them. If you're an artist, paint, sculpt, create. If you're a singer, sing. If you play a musical instrument, play. Writers should write, speakers should speak, those who can converse well with others should converse. The goal is to build the kingdom of God, and in the end, it's vital for you to find ways to live your faith and to build his kingdom. As President Nelson observed, the Lord loves effort. Take your covenants seriously with ordinances. The Lord does. And also, times may be tough. Certainly Moroni was no stranger to tough times, but if you're still around, you can still do good. We appreciate all the support for the Word Preacher podcast. Uh, Next week, we will be looking at Moroni chapters 7 through 9 the day of miracles has not ceased. Of course, there is a ton that we did not cover uh, in some of the reading this week. It is absolutely worth considering, both individually and with your family. So please do so. And of course, as always, fight on.